Welcome back to Big Fiction Energy. Woo! Woo! Chapter four. Oh, you came back again. Wow. Again. This is like the fourth time. Or you're starting here and, and you need to take a different path. Yeah. yeah. Go back, Gotta go one. back. If this is the first one you're listening to. You hacked up. Yeah, You need you're to just. Hacked pa- up. Well, don't just pause it now because I need to give instructions. Go back, listen to number one. Start there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then just go in order. Start over. (laughs) Give them time to write this down. (laughs) If this is a video, I'd say pause it and then be instructions on the screen, but that's not what this is. Do do you have your notepad open, either on your phone or a real live paper notepad? Like paper and pencil? Or pen? What? That's crazy. pencils. Paper? And construction paper. My Mm. favorite is when my students don't bring stuff, so they write it in marker. I've had kids mm. write in highlighter before. That's even worse. Oh my goodness! I had a kid write in marker, and then it was on. It was a front and back on this paper, and I was like, I can't read anything because it just bleeds through on both sides. I, I literally order like four hundred pens a year. Like I have pens. You need a pen? I'll give you seven. What do they do with them? Uh, I seriously think they eat them. You don't want to know what well, they're just with gone. Them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for coming back for the fourth time. Yay! I think you might be onto something here. If you're I back know. again. I was going to say, I know we're onto something. Oh, we're on. We're, we are on. Oh, something. no. I just realized what I said. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a sore spot. <laughs> oh, man. But welcome for chapter four. Called Abodes. Called Abodes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's going to be. This is an interesting chapter. Um, a lot of setup here. We had the big, what do we call it? Um, inciting incident? No. What's yeah, that? inciting, yep. Is that just called an inciting incident? Uh-huh. Yeah. Exciting, I think. It was it's also, it's it's also exciting. exciting. Yeah, she stepped um, in. That was It was like a huge conflict that is really getting the ball rolling to, yeah. some, to some stuff. I don't know why action. I thought that wasn't right, the right term. I felt like inciting incident wasn't... Isn't there a different word for incident usually with that? Am I going crazy again? Accident? You going an crazy. inciting accident? I mean, in this case, it an was. An exciting accident. Yeah, an exciting, inciting accident. Yeah. yeah. So of if inside. you did listen to three, <laughs> continue listening. If you didn't, go back. I'm going to make a spoiler from chapter three. I'm going to make a spoiler. I'm going to make a spoiler. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my pants. Yeah. Gross. Um, so yeah, Lanny uh, cut a girl's face, and so she is going into hiding at Jork's house with his littles, his children. Um, and then Brutus is going back to some places to do some things He's stuff. got He's got to finish stuff up we thought he was going to have another week or two for. Yeah. He's not happy about yeah. this. But it's Brutus, so he just yeah. kind of shrugged and was like, all right, well, I'll clean up your mess again. I mean, she couldn't wait two weeks to stab that girl in the face. <laughs> right? Like She, <laughs> she had, had to do, do it right, right then. then. Like, oh, come I, on. Yeah. What if he had some, I don't know. They probably don't have Amazon Prime in the dregs. So he probably had stuff on order. Right. To prepare with, and now they're going to have to go without it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they have to go without a lot here since they gotta they got to act fast. At least Brutus assumes they need to act fast. Yeah. Because you never know. You can't. You really can't predict the mongers. Even though they're supposed to be the peacekeepers, they're known for going above and beyond. Right, and she's already had an encounter with the mongers. They're not the biggest Lanny fans. She's already. She's got a sheet a little bit. Yeah. And she's known for like skipping school and jumping out of buildings and things that are not exactly. 
you know, looked highly upon in well, the city. Yeah. So, geographically, <laughs> um, <laughs> around the city they're in and in the dregs, is there a lot of waterways? No. So like the where dregs? are they going to take in a boat to? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> I would say that the dregs are known for being, like, moldy, dank areas. Gotcha. <laughs> and and they're going to find um, an Italian captain to help them with their land abode. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, what is the lighting like in the dregs? Do they have, like, bioluminescent fungus? Or... No, that's... You got uh, That's in $100 Heroes, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, it is dark, for sure. There's some lighting. I imagine it's, like, old oil lanterns. So, like, there's, like, you know, smoke coming off of it a little bit. And it, like, darkens things around it. So kind of like, um, industrial era... London. Totally, yeah. You're surrounded by Sooty. metal all the time. Yeah. Sooty, greasy. Because they don't have water, they could just chop up old boats and burn <laughs> the wood. <laughs> wood is actually incredibly rare in Gaul. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was right. actually one thing Danny pointed out to me when she did a, a beta reading of it. Was I mentioned something about paper, and then another point I mentioned how rare paper was when she finds the envelope with the letter that was actually written on paper. So that's why she Lainey carries around, uh, like, a tablet instead. Instead of, like, like, books and stuff for school. Her digi-slate oh. is, like, a tablet. Okay. So they have it all digitally. Like, they don't carry around papers in school. I mean, it sounds convenient. Yeah, I it mean, is. If you want to jump out of buildings and stab girls in the face, like, you don't want to be weighed down by, you know, Paper large books. textbooks. And, like, my yeah. global book and a right. journal. Journal. Um... All right, shall we get into it? Chapter 4, Abodes. Jork's house was nothing like Lainey expected, but she wasn't sure what she had expected. She only ever known Jork as the large green orc behind the bar, where she could get away with almost whatever she wanted. Jork had given her directions to a part of the dreg she had never ventured to before. He also gave her one piece of advice. Don't look no one in the eye until you get to my house. Orcs ain't used to humies walking around in their town. They should ignore you, but just follow these directions and knock on the door. One of the little ones should answer. Just say Pa sent you. Normally, Lainey would scoff at the overprotective tone of an adult, but once she had gotten to Garum, or Orc Town, Lainey, under- Lainey understood why Jork had said what he did. She quickly learned something she had never thought possible before. Jork was a small orc. The people down here were massive. Some would make Brutus look small. The area was similar to the rest of the dregs, dark, dank, and dreary, but there was a strong sense of community here. The buildings had a clear architectural theme that separated them from the more commercial and downright dangerous areas of the dregs. Many buildings had at least their facade, the areas facing what you'd call streets, fashioned out of wood, or at least made to look like wood. Wood was never used on the surface, but Laney knew a little about the history of classes at school. The buildings were also covered with daubs of paint and patterns that were unfamiliar to Lanny. Garum eschewed the typical black and deep violet of Gaul above, but favored bright red, blue, and greens. Lanny loved the color added to the area, even if she didn't understand the markings on the buildings. She wasn't sure if it was the orc language she saw everywhere, or some kind of artwork. Either way, she admired the aesthetics, but did not look anyone in the eye, though the locals were certainly giving her looks. Lanny kept her eyes on the paintings and her thoughts on the directions. Okay. Two rights after you enter Garn. 
Lainey was quietly saying to herself. Left at the clock tower, straight past the mural of Dogon the Conqueror, right again after the baker. Where's the baker? Lainey looked around at her current intersection, but could not figure out which one was the baker. Apparently orcs were fans of glass. Maybe they couldn't get it down here, Lainey mused. Either way, it made it difficult for her to tell which buildings were storefronts and what they were selling. She assumed the shops were labeled, but she could breathe fire just as well as she could read the swaths of paint. Lainey slowly circled around the intersection, trying to judge what building would make the most sense as a bakery. She began to walk up to one at random, thinking she could sniff it out, when a huge green hand landed on her shoulder. Garm Uruk Udrasha? Don't look them in the eye, Lainey thought to herself. Sorry, I don't speak orc. Lainey replied without looking at the orc behind her. Sorry, did not think. The orc took a step around Lainey to face her. Lainey was shocked that this orc looked female. She had assumed from the voice and hand that it was a male orc. I know some Yumi speak. Help need? Uh, yeah, where's the baker? Baker? What mean baker? They, uh, make breads and stuff? <sighs> I'm looking for Jork's house. Oh, Jork! His is my pa. I take you to hut. Lainey was pretty sure the orc was smiling now. Lainey couldn't believe her luck. When Jork said littles, Lainey assumed he meant small child orcs, but looking around Garum, she realized she did not see any small child orcs. Maybe orcs grew so fast they weren't small for long? That would make sense, as all the orcs Lainey had ever seen were at least half a meter taller than her, many of them much more than that. While being led by the hand, Lainey realized that she knew very little about orcs outside of Jork and his shop. Maybe leaving this place will be good for me in other ways, Lainey thought to herself. I have so much to learn about this world. The orc led Lainey roughly, practically dragging her through the dirt of the road. Wait, dirt? How is there dirt down here? Lainey looked around and noticed that the orc, who still hadn't introduced herself, had taken her to an area of Garum that was wholly different than anything she had ever seen before. Here the buildings were much smaller. Their tops were not obscured by the darkness of the ceiling above, and they were made of simpler materials like wooden boards and straw roofs. Lainey remembered reading about ancient buildings. That was called thatch. This time it wasn't just the facade of the buildings that were wood, but the whole thing. Orcs were creatures that were not often welcome above, so built homesteads below in the dregs. Lainey had heard about these areas of, full of large green creatures, but had never been to one before. Traveling, as uncomfortable it was, as it was at the moment, to Garum was an eye-opening experience for Lainey. Above ground, she had lived in a high-rise building, with all the comforts and safety money could buy. Her parents were both highly successful actors and did everything they could to give Lainey the safest life possible. The only problem was that, the life they wanted for Lainey, she had no choice in anything. While Brutus was a great friend, even her constant companion was a reminder of their lack of freedom of how she was only ever able to do what her parents told her to do. Being here in Garum, though, seeing people living life how they want, awoke something in Lainey. I need to get out of here. Nah, you're already, girl. No, I mean I need to get out of Gaul. There's so much to see and learn. I didn't even know about this place, and I've lived above it all my life. Not many people see Garum. Not many wants to, neither. They think we's dirty, which isn't wrong, but it's an okay dirty. Here we is. The orc deposited Lanny in front of a modest-looking hut. The walls looked as if they were made of wood held together with mud and daub. There was a small chimney sticking through the thatch roof, releasing a steady stream of smoke from inside the abode. The orc opened the door to an aroma of cooking stew, and Lanny was whisked inside. Brutus made his way into the apartment the same as he always did, trying, not too hard, to look casual. Informing Lainey's parents that he could not find her was not something he had ever done before, so he wasn't sure how he would do it under normal circumstances. 
Brutus was very calm, gentle, primal. He had been told numerous times that he had a calming aura, and he made people feel comfortable around him, despite his intimidating stature. The Minotaur walked into the dining room, and sat adjacent to the large kitchen where Lainey's parents were sitting at the table, enjoying their dinner, prepared by one of their cooks. Lainey's mother looked up from the screen that came out of the top of the table, her eyes flicking up for a moment to register who entered the room. Good evening, Brutus. And where, might I ask, is our young Lanny? Uh, well, you see... Brutus moved around the table to his large seat near the end of the table. He stumbled over the chairs, making it to his spot. Brutus rarely ate with the Jahirans, but given his physique, having his own chair for the, those instances was necessary. Brutus wavered at his chair, trying to decide if he was going to sit or not. Brutus, Hoshi asked you a question. Lenore spoke up, putting down whatever he was reading on a glowing pad. Yes, sir. Uh, you see, Lanny seems to be missing. Isn't that what we pay you for? So things like that don't happen? Lenore's eyes burned with something Brutus had never seen before as he stared directly into Brutus's eyes. He wasn't sure if it was hatred or excitement, but there was a certain, certainly a look of fear. Brutus couldn't remember seeing much of any of these emotions from Lenore before, other than the ubiquitous fear. The underlying fear that hung like a smog over all the people of Gaul was a constant thing. Most feared for their lives, scared of what could be beyond the walls. The fearmongers did their best to keep people acting in the right way while in the city. These peacekeepers kept people afraid, kept them in line. Are you sure she's not down in the dregs again? Brutus wondered if he had heard panic in her voice. She cleared her throat, dabbed the corner of her mouth with a delicate napkin, and turned towards the Minotaur, giving him her full attention. I've checked her uh, usual spots. Sweat poked out of Brutus's hairline. What about the unusual spots? Get back down there and do your job. I have no idea what you're doing up here if Lani is missing. I will be inquiring about other services, as you have clearly become too lax in your position. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Ma'am. Brutus turned on his hoof and stomped quickly out of the room, glad that they had told him to leave. Oh, one more thing, Brutus. Hoshi called out before Brutus reached the door to the elevator hall. He turned and stuck his head back into the room. When you find her, you are not to enter this apartment again. Your last duty in this position is to deposit our daughter into the elevator, and then you are fired. You will be done in Gaul. Now leave. Y yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Brutus said with a smile that was not entirely disingenuous. As soon as the elevator door closed in the hallway, Lenore picked up his tablet and began to make a call. Who are you calling, dear? People I've heard are good at this sort of thing. Ex-mongers. They seem to be the only ones we can trust to do what we ask of them. That oaf will never find her. I'll make sure to get those that will. Is that safe? Mongers are terrifying. I don't wish Lanny to be hurt. No, they won't hurt her. I've read that they won't let anything get in their way. I'll just specify she be brought back to us. She will be fine. There, order placed. It's saying a group will be sent on the job tomorrow evening. Oh, I feel so much better now. Thank you, Lenore. Of course, darling. Anything for you. We'll have Lonnie back, one way or another. We will keep her safe. Lanny was enjoying herself immensely at Jork's place. His daughter, who introduced herself as Jana, was making a stew on their stove. Even down here, the orcs had access to some technology. The pot of aromatic stew sat on the gas-powered range, cooking it thoroughly. Lanny was sitting at the oversized kitchen table, listening to Jana talk away. Every once in a while, the orc would slip into orcish for a few sentences, but then she would revert back to her humi speak as soon as she realized she was doing it. Lanny didn't mind, though. She was loving seeing this other side of things. 
The home was smaller than her apartment, much smaller, but it had a homey quality that her place lacked. This abode actually felt lived in, instead of the sterile living spaces above. This place had smells and felt like it had a history. And then he looked about and thought of all the of the building must have been replaced at some point. These materials would not last forever. So different from what was used for construction above. Lainey was just getting into Jana's story about when she was a wee one and her older brother had dropped her down the chimney. At least Lainey thought that was happening. Jana had just slipped into Orkish again. The door slammed open and Jork and Brutus came barreling inside. They both held armfuls of fabrics and jars. Brutus had a large pack slung on his back. <sighs> Ready? Ready for what? We're going to make you sick. Well, how do I look? Lainey asked an hour later, after the treatment was complete. Scaredy. Think this will work, then? If people don't take this seriously, then I'm out of ideas to get you out of here. Lainey stood in the living area of Jork's home, covered head to toe in mosses, mud, and green-gray paint. She looked like a goblin, a sick goblin, complete with a muzzle and harness and a leash. All right, time to put on my costume. Got an area where I can change, Jork? So yeah, Lanny looks like a goblin. Weird. Seems a sick goblin. A sick goblin. Said. I yeah. feel specifically. like that is uh, that that's gonna be really important. Like specifically, why a sick goblin? Not just I a regular feel like goblin. it's too much, personally. Um, why dress up? If we've already established there's no waterways, they're obviously going to be using the boat above them <laughs> <laughs> and like carrying it to hide their face. So. I mean, I could get glamming up your toes a little bit to look like sick goblin toes, because that's all they're going to see, because their head's yeah. going to be in the upside-down boat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a boat above them, an abode. Yeah, they're a boat above the rest. A, an, an above boat. A boat. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I sound like you're congested saying boat. Boat. <laughs> boat. I need a boat. I need a boat. Paddle the boat. <laughs> I just imagine if there's anybody out there that would, like, listen to the intro and then skip to the outro for whatever reason, and be really confused about what you're talking about. Because I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, so, getting to meet Jork's daughter, super cool. Hope that everybody enjoyed that uh, classic voice acting, as I am classically trained. <laughs> Especially in all things orc-related. Yikes. Yeah, we had two orcs that chapter, Tim. How'd that make you feel? Yeah, literally, I enjoyed that chapter twice as much as any other chapter <laughs> that only had one orc. But a Yumi speak. Like, Yumi. Yumi. For humans. I'm, yeah. I keep nodding my head at what you're saying, and then I remember that it's not video. No. no. <laughs> Anytime there's awkward silence, Dan is just nodding. Probably, yeah. He's like yeah. my grandpa. Just like Maybe peeking my nose. We could get bells. So that the oh, audience would bell. know, oh, yeah, God. like yeah. on both of your ears, kind of. So like, <laughs> yes. when you're nodding, people are like, "Oh, well, Dan approves." And then we hear, we hear the nod. Santa, yeah. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> um, I was gonna, I lost it. Okay. I was gonna say something. It was poignant and important. Oh, we Bob. also a big big event happened above. The surface above the surface, up in the high rises, Brutus yeah. talking with Lenore and Hoshi was a big deal. Uh, first of all, he was fired. I can't believe they fired him. Right, and to not only give Brutus <laughs> the most important thing he could possibly be doing for them, but then also to let him know. By the way, 
uh, you're canned also. Right. So if you could make sure we get our daughter back safe. I thought that was interesting. I thought about that line a lot, and I just think that it's Lenore's, like, arrogance. Yeah. And haughtiness. Uh, He he still expects it to be done, even though he was like... Once you once you bring her back, you are fired. Yeah, there's no question in his mind that Brutus is still going to go out and do yeah. that because he was told to. Mm-hmm. I think he also thinks he knows Brutus well enough that Brutus cares enough for Lanny to make sure to do, do his job and bring her back safe. Yeah. Little does he know that Brutus has no plans of doing that. Right. Yeah. To bring her back to... He's going to keep right, her yeah. safe, yeah. but yeah. not bring her yeah, back to the safe. apartment. And we know that. That's some of that... It's a dramatic irony. Bum, bum, bum. He probably also doesn't know that Brutus has obtained a boat <laughs> to sneak them out with. <laughs> because that's the last uh, thing. If there are no waterways, like that's literally yeah, the last be, thing yeah. they would be looking yep. for. I'm, it makes sense if what you're going for is confusion, which is often Tim's tech. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it works most of the time. Because yeah. you're like, wait, what? I don't understand what you're saying. Yes, yeah, so they fire <laughs> Brutus. They hire more mongers to get was The most the terrifying thing. thing to me about the mongers is how accessible they are. Like, well, in this case, they're a little bit different. He didn't hire oh. mongers. Yeah, he hired ex mongers right? that are working as mercenaries. Why are they ex mongers? I don't know. How are they different than regular mongers? Well, they don't have uniforms. But. <laughs> but that's really, you know, what's the difference between a McDonald's employee and a guy just barbecuing in his backyard? He's not wearing any pants. Well, first off, they're going to see he's not wearing a uniform or the something. Uniform, the pants are but the no uniform. pants at all, huh? It's very important to distinguish the difference between barbecuing in your backyard and having a cookout in your backyard. If you are only serving <laughs> hamburgers and hot dogs, that is not a barbecue. That's true. Yeah, that you is gotta a cookout. Have the sides. You have to actually be bar- so like every barbecuing. Time we do things in your backyard, it's always a cookout, not a barbecue? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Because you always cook burgers and hot dogs or like sausages. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a barbecue. worse. Yeah. It's mm. a, yeah, they're real good. <laughs> Does that count then as a barbecue? Because it's no. not a hot dog. No. no, I'm not slow cooking anything. Uh, even the brats are normally pre cooked. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I just, I felt that was really important. But like if we need to, if you're <laughs> to like slow over. cooking brisket, then it's a barbecue? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah or if you're doing ribs. ribs. Yep. What if you're using barbecue sauce? Does that like skip those? I don't think so. <laughs> don't try and church it up. Come yeah. on. I'm barbecue sauce is the best. Literally, Dan's blood is part barbecue sauce. With the amount of barbecue sauce you eat, Probably. It coagulates really weirdly too. <laughs> yeah, little chunks of garlic in there. It's yeah. So weird. <laughs> the my lady at the blood lab got real freaked out. No, that was just the time I passed out on him. On fell like on the literally people. on, like not like oh man, you passed out on me, but like literally you fell on top. Fell forward yes. on well, two, two nurses. Since his blood is mostly barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce is pretty thick. Yeah. So if they pull a vial of barbecue sauce out of you, that's one pint of barbecue sauce blood is a lot more than just, you know, a regular <laughs> pint of blood. Uh, so good. Oh my goodness. I was trying to think of what... Oh, it's like when students come into my room and I'm eating lunch and they're always like, oh, what are you eating? And I'm like, it's chicken salad with carrots in it and not just, like, my chicken salad is chicken with mayonnaise and then barbecue sauce because right. it makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. 
But they always look at it so horrified, like, what is that? And then I explain it, and they're like, okay, and then leave. (laughs) I I bet that when they look at your lunch and they make those faces, I bet they make some pretty sweet sound effects, too, don't they? They're like, ugh. Depends on the age. Like, if they're middle schoolers, they're like, ugh, what are you eating? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of sound effects... There's a great site app you should use if you need sound effects, especially if you're playing like uh, tabletop RPGs. It's really good for for um, like ambience or just sound it effects. Uh, especially fighting kobolds is my favorite sound set. Yeah, uh, Sirenscape is S Y R I N for siren. How you spell that? But the kobold one is definitely the best. <laughs> that, so I had never seen a game run with those until you had run them. They, they are really neat. It really uh, gets you a little bit more engaged. So thank you, Sirenscape. Yeah, for Sirenscape. all of our fun sound effects. And musics. Other than the intro song. I made that. that. I did it. I made it. I'm not a musician, but I did it. I it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. threw some stuff together on Soundtrap, and it actually sounded decent, so whoop. And now it's our official theme song. And I get .3 cents. For every listen. That's not true. I don't get any money from this. <laughs> My students were uh, came up in class with some seniors I have, and they were one of them started playing it in class, and another one was like, "Yeah, hey, you gotta give Mr. Cole those dollars." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "Don't you get paid for like every listen you get?" And I was like, "No. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't. I gotta pay to host it." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "The plan is like." if there's enough listenership, maybe to start a Patreon or something like that eventually to help improve the quality of the show. I was like, but I don't get paid per episode. It'd be nice. Yeah, let's get a Patreon and then we can get, like, diamond-encrusted stuff. I don't Bodes. know. Bodes. Bodes. <laughs> I want a diamond-encrusted bow. It could be anything. It could be a bow. <laughs> I don't know how much we've always wanted one of those. <laughs> Is that going to be a goal to make that joke, like, every two or three episodes? Yeah. A bow joke? The... It could be anything. Oh, oh, yeah. that yeah, yeah definitely. At least the second time we've done that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a classic, though. It is my favorite. Can I ask a, a very important question, potentially spoiling things in the future? Um, you can ask it. Will there be a bode later in the story? This episode was the only bode. Really? Yeah. So Boyd free here on out. <laughs> Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, Boad. There are no more abodes. Oh, oh shoot. All right, we're out of bodes. Bode of this. What about bowhead. like air bodes? Do they have air bodes in this 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 world? No, really. They're. I mean, they're big ships. Land like boat. a like a boat not, that flies. <laughs> no. Oh. Like one that floats on the water. <laughs> oh, just like a uh, like an abode. Like a real big one. Gotcha. Like a big bode. All right. <laughs> Do you want to make your big boat bigger for only a dollar more? <laughs> a dollar? That's pricey. You just like 25 cents. To make your big boat bigger? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That sound like my dad. Oh, a movie should only cost 25 cents. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Literally. Since one is a loaf of bread more than a nickel. <laughs> Uh, since 1957? Like, what are you talking about? Um, I agree with you, Mr. Dan's dad. I don't know what these guys are talking about. I do think movies should cost 25 cents. That would be nice. Yes, but I don't want that nickel bread. Keep that away from me. Yeah, but how is Disney going to make, like, $14 billion just in movies in a year if it's a... If it's twenty five cents, well, just make everyone go see it, and also increase the population by 
you know, a lot. We do. Or start we don't need making that, movies like right, 20 minutes long. Right, but we do long. if we want to make $14 billion off a 25 cent yeah. movie. Or everyone can just go a bunch of times. That's easier, probably. Cut your I mean, that's movie what, down. That's what made Titanic so successful, is that people went and saw it like five, six times I for whatever reason. I did see it four times in theaters. I saw it twice in theaters. Really? Because of... Boobs? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I actually saw it here in town at the one and two. And so did I. it was packed, so I couldn't get a seat, so I had to sit in the aisle. What? Wow. I sat, they sold more tickets than I had seats? Yes. I sat in the aisle and I mean, watched that movie. I mean, I remember Titanic was, like, a thing. Oh, my god. why gosh. was it such a thing? I, I, I saw it in theaters, god. I'm pretty it's sure. It's so romantic. I, I, wa- I probably haven't seen it in 20 years, but I, I definitely watched it more than once. But I just, like... Like, it was a good movie. And I think, but, like, historically, that time period, like, what was it, like, 1912? It's just, like, very fascinating for people, you know, to see. And the, so much went into the production to make, like, a replica of the Titanic and keep it historically accurate. A lot of cold water. But then water. they snapped it in half and sunk it, which seems like a right. huge waste to me. <laughs> Hollywood just freaking burning money, literally. Right, snapping that boat in Must half and just letting it sink. That was the best part of that movie, though, is there was no dog to kill. Yeah, they killed a baby instead. Well, they killed a baby in that one? <laughs> yes! I don't remember like, the that. part, I caught it on TV a while ago, like, after the kids had been born, and because listeners, Dan and I have two kids together. It's not weird. Um, but... You know, when you're it a wasn't. mom, it wasn't. You're it weird. It weird. I just made it weird. Edit that out if you want to. Um, <laughs> but after having kids, like I can't watch Law and Order SVU, and I caught Titanic on, and like the the rescue boats came, and they had to like pick through all of the like frozen bodies, and there's a mom in a life vest holding an infant in the water, and they're frozen. I oh, bawled my sad. eyes out for like seven solid minutes. Yikes! It's like yeah. the opening of up. Like, I can't watch that anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's... I've heard it's pretty brutal. Skip, like, the first 18 minutes, because I don't feel like crying. Is that long, the the beginning? I think think it is. It's pretty lengthy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's the last couple minutes that gets you, of course. Right. You know, I think the whole intro until he's an old man and Russell shows up is, like, 18 minutes. Okay. Because I remember there was one time when Lily was real little... And I, it was on TV, and Danny Did was in bed, you? and I was watching it, and like I started crying. I had to go in and like give him a hug, and I was like, "I love you guys." Now I gotta watch the rest of this movie so I can laugh instead of cry. Um, and I was like, "Get <laughs> off me!" They were watching it at our house the other night, and I saw it start, and I knew the first twenty minutes was gonna be really bad. I didn't know it was the first twenty minutes. I thought it was less than that, but I just went and got like a frozen pizza and watched it cook in the oven. <laughs> For 18 minutes before I would walk back through the room. Oh, man. I mean, pizza's involved, so it was a good choice. Right. Yeah. And I'm all about that. You know, you got to maintain that emotional integrity. Right. Uh, Back to Titanic quick. Um, Did they have pizza in 1912? I'm sure pizza existed in the world, but... But not on that ship? I don't know. I don't think that they had pizza on that boat. Okay. <laughs> no pizza in the boat. That's sad. But maybe. Who's to say? I mean, I wasn't there. Lots of people from Europe. We need to rewatch that then. Except nope. for the baby in the water part. I don't nope. want to watch that. Mm-mm. Could that you? I, I'm curious if you pull up the script for 
Pizza's Titanic mentioned anywhere? Just, yeah, control find pizza. <laughs> you know what movie has a lot of pizza? Is the second Ninja Turtles movie. Just the first two minutes, just people eating pizza. Oh, that's fair. Makes you want pizza every time. I, I do was, a good job of that. I was slightly thrown off. I, I assumed you were going for an Ninja Turtles, but did the first one not have as much pizza? No, it, I mean it did. It, did, it had some pizza, but the second cut it in the slice lands on yeah. Splinter's head. Slices and dices. It makes French fries in three different sizes. I pretty much know that whole movie. Why are we even using Sirenscape when you can make sound effects like that? (laughs) (laughs) No offense, Sirenscape, but your pizza splat sound gifts. I'll have to search for that later. Is there a pizza splat? I don't know. Probably Uh, not because it's it's designed for like Mm D&D and Pathfinder and Starfinder. Yeah. Uh, Where's a couple places we could, you know, find, find more about you, Dan? Oh, thanks, Tim. I was actually just thinking about that because there's like a warning on the screen that's like, hey, this is a long track. Um, yeah, check us out on Facebook if you uh, search for Dan Cole Author or there's just dancoleauthor.com. Uh, also on Twitter uh, at icedan underscore hdh. Icedan hdh? I-C-E-D-A-N underscore H-D-H. Yeah, that one. Um, and there's like a, a blog that goes with this. Blog right? on the website, yep. Yeah, blog. and that comes out opposite Every other Thursday. Drops. That's not the Thursday for yeah. podcast, yes. So every Thursday there's something new, either podcast or blog post. Um, that's just... The blog post is, is just kind of my... I almost said fun time, but that sounds weird. I talk about what's going on. Yeah, um, if you know. if you and check out his blog, it's not about Dan's fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Just for full disclosure, it's about it's, some game time because I do yeah, talk about game stuff in it, and then there's stuff about the fiction it's as legit. well. Um, don't forget, thank you for listening, um, and please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, give us some stars and thumbs up, and you know, tell your friends, tell your mom. Moms love podcasts. Tell your mom's friends. Tell your mom's friends. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell your friends, moms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and while you're at it, you could ask your mom and your mom's friends uh, which one of these outros that they like the best. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're having yeah. like a classic McDonald's competition here. Do you like the filet of fish sandwich better or the pineapple sandwich better? A quick rant. We know Real which quick. one won that <laughs> one. So, oh, no. What are they open for? At, at McDonald's right now, it costs. Five dollars. Five doll hairs. For 20-piece nugget. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of nuggets. Seems kind of a lot. Right. Well, if you think that's a lot, do you know how much if you buy a single 10-piece chicken nugget costs? Is it more than five dollars? Four ninety-eight. What? It is two cents more to get ten (laughs) more nuggets. That's ridiculous. It just seems like a lot because the Burger King, don't they have like a dollar fifty for ten nuggets or something crazy? Yep. Dollar twenty-five or twenty-nine or something. But here's the other thing. Oh no! There's so they have the mix and match two for five, and you can get two ten pieces for five bucks. It's not a deal. You can just buy a twenty piece yeah. for five dollars. <laughs> just clarify. Tim was just at McDonald's yesterday with his kid, right? Was it yesterday or tonight? Uh, yeah, it was sometime <laughs> recently. I, I, yeah, I got really mad. <laughs> I was so like, or you could just go to Buffalo Wild Wings and get grown up chicken nuggets and just get oh, boneless, boneless wings, wings yeah. which is just yeah. chicken our, nuggets our grown up chicken nuggets they just sure. already have oh. the sauce on them and yeah. lots of meat glue inside oh meat glue mm. it just yeah that's my outro check us out for more meat glue <laughs> <laughs> wow that was really that's gonna be very difficult to compete with right yeah. so if you wanna vote for that one go to 
Press one now. Press, Press one, one now. <laughs> Either on Facebook or uh, I'll have a tweet about it on Twitter. I'll make a poll. Para habla en inglés. Número dos. I hope that's not your outro. That was terrible. Whatever. You, it's because you don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I that knew what you poetic. said. It was poetic if you speak Spanish. Right. Yeah. So what's your outro? Oh, God. I didn't even think of this. I just want to copy, like, Walter She's literally Conque Googling different something. ideas. I did Google, like, famous uh, That's all there is. And, there you know, I want to go, like, Ron Burgundy. Like, you stay classy. When I was the comic editor of my college newspaper, that was my sign-off for my weekly rant. I would say stay classy, Potsdam. I love Shout it. Shout out to Potsdam. Yay, Potsdam. P. Dam. P. Dam. Dam. So I was thinking that might be my shout my sign off here is just stay classy. Stay classy? I think that's that's solid. It's a very classic, classy one. Um, so I got two already. You guys wow. are Yeah, you're, you're kind of ahead of the curve. Uh, I was going to save mine for last because it's obviously the best one. Alright, I'll go. <laughs> is I'll... it blue? Uh, it, I wrote it in blue because I wrote it in the Facebook message to Lindsay. And she, she was real confused because I provided no context. Of course not. Oh, man. All right, so mine will be, if you want to vote for mine, and you should, you know, mine is Danny, um, and mine is, this has been Big Fiction Energy. Have a good night. That's so <laughs> I'm writing it down. No! No, edit it out. It's so bad. I had something so good. I'm not good on the spot. I need to reflect on this. Oh, my god. So maybe gosh. maybe this will be an ongoing. Yeah. Right. We'll yeah. just keep coming up with more until we find one that works. What do you got, Tim? This is better right. be golden. Uh-huh. Oh, it's getting serious. We may not be austere, but we hold this story dear. Come back and find us here for another chapter of Lanny, Girl Without Fear. Wow. Whoa. All right, well, you know what? I know when I've been beat. That's pretty great. So you get to say all that every episode, right? Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> we have, have to, to like, all that say down. it all together. You know I forgot how it started already. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot it. Oh, all right, next great. up is Chapter 5, Borders. So we'll see you next time. Stay classy.